everybody i'm here with my man daddy o from d8 sports tv i'm excited to have him on here it's been a long time coming man um daddy o tell everyone where they can find you at right now on twitter or instagram or youtube i, I definitely want everyone to check that out now well i appreciate that man i mean you've been a big supporter of our stuff for a long time and i've been the biggest supporter of, of your stuff too um so yeah so we have a youtube channel it's uh, DNH Sports. Uh, you can find it. Just go youtube.com backslash C backslash DH Sports. And I'm on Twitter, Daddyo DeFacto. And so is John Sheeran, who's on our show. And Hoji Smudgy. He's also uh, on Twitter <laughs> and he's on our show. So, yeah. Hoji Smudgy, that's my guy. All right. So, one thing I want to get into first, I guess, um, just to kind of paint a picture for people. We just came off the 2018 NFL Draft. I want to get your first impressions of the draft, and what did you think overall of the Bengals' 2018 draft? I, I think I have a, a sentiment similar similar to a lot of other people, and that is, you know, it was not exciting. There aren't names that stand out as like, wow, this guy's going to be a big star, right? And so at first, that kind of is the opposite, let's say, of last year, where we had John Ross, Joe Mixon, and... Carl Lawson, all of whom we knew could be very, very exciting. But, but the more I think about it, it makes sense. It makes sense from the Bengals' perspective and how they do business. And that is because the Bengals believe in their guys, right? Look how long it took them to give up on Abway. It took them like three, four years, right? And they still haven't completely given up, even though he, had, he showed nothing. Look at the fact that they wanted to re-sign Bodine, right? Uh, so... And the fact that the only reason Adam Jones is gone is because his cap is, like, they had an option to not exercise. If he was already on the books and they had to cut him and, like, take a $1 million cap hit, they would have kept him. So, when the Bengals, you know, have players that they like, they don't feel the need to upgrade. The only time they upgrade is when they really don't have somebody. So, they were kind of filling in the holes from what they perceived of last year. Now... Left tackle, done. Cordy Glenn trade, right? Center, Billy Price. Yeah, I know people say, okay, maybe this guy better, that guy. The only guy that was probably definitely better and you could, you know, plug in right away and be better was Frank Ragnar, who already was gone. You know, James Daniels, that's a, he needs some development and I don't know if he fits on the uh, Bengals because they're, I mean, maybe Pollock is better, but historically they haven't been that best, that good at developing people. So all the guys they got are like, hey, we want to play three safeties at some at times. Okay, now we get Jesse Bates. We have our third safety. Remember, they were pursuing Kurt Coleman and Eric Reed, and they wanted the safety. Okay, now they got safety. They already have two. They want a third safety, right? Um, they, you know, the defense. They believe that they have a lot of talent on defense and on offense, and they believe in Andy Dalton. So, really, you think about it, there weren't many star posi- positions to fill for them to look for a star players. They wanted some backups, they wanted some depth, and they had they wanted like three positions of a starters to fit in the starters. I got you. I agree with you on a lot of those different points. One of the main things that I would say though 
is the reason why they were put in a position for one to even get a Billy Price is because they didn't assertively go and get the center in the offseason when they had that opportunity to get Jansen. They had an opportunity to get I, – I, I'm not even going to go through all that because I feel like I'd just be opening up a can of worms on guys that they should have got or could have, would have, should have got. So the Billy Price pick – actually turned out to be value. Initially, I thought it was a bit of a reach. But when the 46 pick came up and um, the 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 guard from um, Corbett from Nevada and James Daniels both were gone, those were the only starting centers that would have been able to start on the Bengals. So there is value in the price pick. Outside of the Jesse Bates pick, and then, and then actually I do like um, the, uh, the pick with uh, the Ohio State guy um god what is his name hubbard Hubbard. (laughs) yeah what is his name hubbard yeah so i do like the hubbard pick as well because he's a definite replacement for chris smith who took up about 60 percent of the snaps last year so i do think that was a good a good move you know what i mean but outside of that the difference between last year's draft and this year's draft is you have low impact players and i disagree with you a lot of the starters or the guys that are going to be in heavy rotation this year they're still the same guys from last year that were subpar or mediocre. The guys that are going to come in won't even really challenge half of those guys for spots. Jefferson seems on paper like a really good guy to go and plug in right away. He can't get past Evans or Vigil on on the depth charts and on the Bengals, not this year. And then if you look at all the guys that they passed on throughout the whole entire draft, they passed on so many impactful players that maybe they weren't high on their board, but those are players who actually would have challenged, you know, like the guys that we currently have on the but roster. That's, but, but the Vim, that's what that's my first point. They don't want to challenge guys who they think are getting the job done, right? Expectations in Cincinnati are never that high. They're rather, hey, we need a quarterback. Here, let's get a quarterback in the second round. That'll take care of that. We're done now. You see, now we're done. Until it makes becomes clear that this guy cannot play quarterback, right? We need this position. We need that. Like, let's say, you know, there's only a few guys that they gave up on that I can think of in recent years that they drafted pretty high. Even Drake Kirkpatrick, man. Like, do you really think Drake Kirkpatrick is above average as a corner? No. I don't. I don't. I don't think by any... I think they need to move him to safety. Right. And do you think they're going to move on from him? No. 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 So that's the thing, is because they're like, no, he is a, a starting corner in this league. You see, if he's if he's capable of a starting, and we drafted him, he's gonna start until until he's done. That's the way they operate. I agree. Um. Okay. So let me ask you this: What was your favorite pick from the draft? If you had to just pick one of your pick, what was your favorite pick? Yeah, you know, I, I, I kind of like the Malik Jefferson one because because of this. Because, you know, I feel like I can't remember the last time we had that much athleticism at linebacker. That's my thing. And I know you like I, – I like Evans too. He showed some flashes, especially in the preseason. It's not I even that I like him. Evans. I just know the skill set that Evans has or whatever – He's a more complete linebacker and better and a better tackler. And Jefferson on tape, his yeah. cover skills aren't what I thought they were. Yes, he has the athleticism, but he doesn't have enough yeah. overall linebacking skills to unseat Evans. It's not that I think he Evans. Won't unseat, no, he won't unseat Evans this year, probably. But you know, just thinking two years down the line, when when draft draft uh, players get to play, it takes them a couple of years on the Bengals to finally get to play. Right by that time, if he develops. 
You know, I think he has some. I think he has a lot of upside. That's what I'm trying to say here. Bates has upside. Oh, to oh, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah. I, I feel like every everyone that I'm they drafted. With you, I'm, I'm with you. I like the upside. I want to take chances. I want the high impact players too because that is what good teams do, right? They see this guy is good, but is he Super Bowl? You know, is he gonna the type of guy that I'm gonna look at in the postseason? He's making impactful plays. No. Okay. So let me see if I can upgrade. What did the Patriots do to you know Malcolm Butler? That guy was like the runner-up Super Bowl MVP. The guy treated him. They're like, no, we like this uh, Stephon Gilmore guy better. Why? He's not even on your team. Yeah, we think he's better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, what team does that? What? Imagine if there was a cornerback who had the game-saving interception for the Bengals. Is there any chance he wouldn't retire? <laughs> you, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Look at Joe Flacco. Look at the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. I know everybody says Flacco's garbage. Okay, explain to me. Explain to me. How a quarterback can go in the postseason, throw eleven interceptions and one uh, eleven touchdowns in one postseason, okay, win Super Bowl MVP, and you say, "Oh no, he got lucky." He was really good at a very high level. <laughs> this was what six years ago, five years ago, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Imagine Dalton win Super Bowl MVP, and then he has some more mediocre season because arguably Flacco. I mean, look at the talent around him. You can't say that he was much worse than Dalton in the past few years, right? Yeah. Okay, now imagine Dalton on Super Bowl MVP. Is there any way they would draft his replacement when he's only 33, 34 years old? No. <laughs> right? Right. So it's a mentality. It's a mentality, and that is why I'm saying I understand the draft. It's a very Bengals draft. This was a very Bengals draft. But this is what I'm trying to explain to people. All right, this is, I guess this is where I think we're off a little bit. I think you've come to terms with the way the Bengals way, right? For the people that follow my page or the people that follow what I'm doing, um, and once again, I'm, I'm here with my man Daddy-O with DH Sports TV on, on YouTube. You can also catch him on Instagram and Twitter. What's your Twitter again? At Daddy-O DeFacto. At Daddy-O DeFacto. I'm going to type that on my Instagram, too, if you guys want to see it as well. But I'm here with Daddy-O. I think you're more accustomed to the way that they do business. The thing that I preach the most is change in, in, in being assertive in their new decisions. The one thing that I noticed throughout this whole draft is every time that they drafted a position, they didn't draft the best one that was available or they couldn't, or they didn't trade up to get the best one available. And then they made the same mistakes that they did before. Last year, they did the same thing where they drafted way too many people and three guys have to get cut. They did the same exact thing this year. Three guys have to get cut, and then other teams will just pluck them off our practice squad. So with that being said, why not move up? Why do you think the Bengals never moved up? Well, like Cody Smoji on our show, like you said, you know, know, after Logan Woodside was there with the Bengals pick because the, the Bengals war room wanted to move up to get Woodside in the seventh round. This is, we're talking about seventh round picks now. The Bengals had three of them. And Mike Brown didn't want to didn't give up another seventh rounder to move up to get Woodside. And then after Woodside was available, uh, Marvin Lewis said it was like Mike Brown had the crystal ball. Now, uh, what did Hoji say? He said, uh, no, it actually wasn't like he had the crystal ball. Rather, it's like he had all these coupons for foods that he's never going to eat. Like, you know, you know, let's say low-fat teddy grams and like raisins and I don't know, uh, cucumber flavored ranch dressing. He had all these coupons and he wanted to use all of them 
you know, even though he's never going to actually eat those foods. Yeah. And he didn't want to give any of them up because they're so cheap. And I think that's a good example here. You know, I, I definitely appreciate the insight on that. I, I understand everything that you're saying. I understand the mentality of the Bengals, and I think you really, really do. Um, once again, that was my man Daddy-O from DA Sports TV. Is there anything else that you want to tell anyone while they're waiting for this offseason to finish unfolding in front of their eyes? Well, I would say this. Um, don't be too pessimistic. The Bengals are going to be better this year by a lot. And it's not like we talked about before we recorded, uh, Jim. It's not uh, that their line was as bad as people have said last year. And pass protection wasn't that bad. And a lot of the problem was Dalton sensing phantom pressure. Um, but nonetheless, the fact that he has more confidence in the line this year, which he really should, I think Dalton's going to play. I don't think he's going to play 2015 level necessarily, but much closer to that than what we saw the last two years. And we all know it starts with the quarterback. Our biggest problems were on offense. Defensively, you know, I think it's going to be better. With the third safety now, it's going to be a little bit better on defense too. I I think we easily win, you know, eight or nine games. We probably are a borderline playoff team. So I would say that. So there you have it right there. Daddy-O predicts we win one more game than what we did last year. <laughs> at least, at least game. I, I think around the 10, 10 and 6 range. Ten and six. Okay, okay, all right. I think that's a to me. I think that's a a bit of a stretch. I think we were lucky to be seven and nine, honestly. But we'll see how it plays out, man. I, I'm I'm hoping for the best. Yeah, yeah. All right, Daddy up from DA Sports TV. Check him out on YouTube. It's been fun, guys. We're gonna cut it right there, and I'll see you guys tomorrow or the day after. I don't know. Who day? So, when everyone asks, why am I so critical on, you know, a lot of their picks, check this out. At, at, at the very beginning of this, this whole ordeal, before you even had a Billy Price, they should have went and got the center from the Ravens, Jansen, who was very formidable, had a good contract. That's what you should have did. Then you wouldn't have been picking Billy Price at the 21st pick, and we wouldn't care at all. At that time, I, I mean, technically, they are playing with house money because, of course, they made the deal for Cordy Glenn. So, to me, that's their draft pick. So, then when you're playing with house money, you can take a little chance, a little risk, right? So, 21st pick absolutely should have been Lamar Jackson. People say, well, Zim, you would have had to install a brand new offense. Guess what? Bill Lazor just installed a brand new offense. They went and watched the Super Bowl, and then they watched RPOs like crazy. So, I know that this this offense that you're about to see is very read, uh, read option heavy different options for Dalton every single play. That's exactly what they did for Nick Foles. On defense, you're going to see the three-safety look. So, Bengals took a page out of that because they're late to the party at all times. Teams will combat that because they're already ready for it. So, Bengals are late. They think they're on to something very, very special, which I don't think they are. But if you went that route, then you absolutely had to take Lamar Jackson at that spot. It's 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 like you're playing with house money if you had got a center in the offseason. But you didn't. Cool. Billy Price is your pick. I like the pick as the day went on and you went to the next day because James Daniels and the kid from Nevada, uh, Corbett, went to the Browns early. That would Those are the only centers that I had that were ready to start day one. But the problem is, around that same time, you're going to see these names haunt us for the next couple years. Derwin James, Jair Alexander, Leighton Van Ness, Frank Ragnall, who got picked right in front of him, Rashawn Evans, 
Isaiah Wynn, who went to the Patriots. You're going to see Calvin Ridley. You know, these are all guys that were around that same spot. Mike Hughes, who might be a sure enough baller who got picked up by the Vikings as well. Then when you get into the second round, you say, okay, Zim, I really like uh, Bates or whatever, right? Cool. He probably is the best uh, free safety, pure free safety in the draft. But the value got decimated to me when you start looking in the round three and Justin Reed doesn't go until pick 68. This is a guy who was mocked by several teams to go in the first round. So, and the reason why, the only reason why I bring that up is, okay, Bates could be the baller that you guys think he is, but you passed up on some elite talent around that same time. You know what I mean? When we start to go into the season and we start talking about what a guy, like who wasn't there or who was there and all these guys that are performing, you pick Jesse Bates. Right after that, five or six picks later, Darius Geis goes off the board. I picked Darius Geis to be my rookie of the year. Also, James Washington goes off the board right to the Steelers as well. The reason why I bring those two positions up, you thinking like, hey, Zim, the running back position and the wide receiver position aren't a point of need for the Bengals. But... I would I would definitely argue with you on that front. The wide receiver position is a question mark. LaFell is a, a number three in this NFL that we're playing in right now. So who's your number two? You say John Ross, but he's a question mark. His confidence is killed at this point, and you don't know what he's going to offer at you know for on a week that we basis for a guy who only played what half a game this, this past season. Then you start talking about Cody Core, who's a bum, and then you start talking about Josh Malone, who had 17 or, what is it, 27 targets and only managed to have seven catches, I believe. The guy is not automatic. You got guys like Anthony Miller, uh, Darius Geis, and James Washington all on the board at that same time, elite at what they do. Connor Williams, maybe not elite, but ready to go as a guard on that right side of the uh, offensive line. Now you're put all this pressure on the current offensive line that you have on there. And I really just disagree with just some of the thinking that they have with me. I'm always thinking who is the best person at the position. If you're just drafting guys just to get the fourth or fifth best available to create depth, that doesn't work in the NFL. You have to pick the cream of the crop to battle it out with mixing. Mixon is a better running back than Darius Geis, but is he a better running back by much? Let's find out. You know what I mean? You're making it so comfortable for everybody. Nobody should have comfort on that team except A.J. Green. That's the only person that's allowed to have any sofa to sit down and chill for one second. And Geno Atkins. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I forgot that. But you know what I'm saying? You you went and got Bates, but Justin Reed comes off the board later. So you say, well, Zim, he probably wasn't high on their board. I, I don't know. I, I like the kid, Tracy Walker. Um, he went to the Lions at 82 as well. It, it, there's so many guys that you're going to say that about. I don't want to go and say woulda, coulda, shoulda. But every single time that you see a pick come off the board for them, there was always a better option right before it in every single pick. And then you didn't do anything to address the offensive line to create the better competition when we go into camp. So now you got wiggle room for Dalton lovers again. You see what I'm saying? And it's just this overall theme of that throughout the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? They they went and got, you know, your, your guy Hubbard from Ohio State. But then I'm looking at it, and, and the, the elite talent, Harold Landry, falls right down to them. And they don't take it. Hurst is the only one that I think people will probably look back and say, well, um, 
you know, he he uh, he absolutely probably has a heart condition and he can't, you know, he can't, you know, he's not going to be able to play. So you don't know. So I understand the risk in that. But in the fourth round, this guy was expected to be picked in the top 15. So with that said, I mean, those are the thoughts that I have from it. These guys are un- they're not going to unseat anybody that's starting currently right now. And so when you're drafting depth, my perception of depth is totally different. I want to draft starters who just happen to be a backup. You see what I'm saying? And I don't think the mentality is there for Bengals fans. Don't ever get it twisted. Don't ever get it twisted. No. Don't ever get it twisted. Don't ever get it twisted. You thought you knew it's way over your head. Hey, misconstrue. Hey, incorrect. You thought you knew it's way over your head. Hey, misconstrue.